The WBEN All Local. All Local. A daily look at what's happening in Buffalo, Western New York, and the world. I'm Susan Rose. Joe Beamer is along. Lucas Buckley in the newsroom. Brian is off today. And here's what's happening this morning. The candidates for Erie County Executive went toe-to-toe last night in the only televised debate of the campaign, which also aired here on WBEN. Three-term incumbent Mark Polencars and political newcomer Chrissy Casilio focused on several issues in the Channel 4 studios with the migrant crisis and blizzard response dominating the hour. I am going to be reversing course with the migrant situation. And the first step that I'm going to do is to sue New York City and New York State. And then I'm going to reverse course and I'm going to be sending the migrants back. This is a federal problem that requires a federal solution, but going to federal court is not going to solve it. and It's going to cost taxpayers a lot more money than we're spending right now. We have full audio and video of the debate at WBEN.com. We'll have more highlights for you throughout the morning. The election, November 7th, early voting begins this Saturday. With so many chiming in on why the Buffalo Bills offense has been so sluggish of late, Josh Allen came up with his own theory yesterday, revealing he made the conscious decision last month to keep his emotions in check, low positive, he called it. Allen wondered whether he's reined himself in too much. Just trying to stay in this state called low positive where, you know, your energy's not super high and you're allowing your, your mind to think and be free and just, you know, stay on top of everything because obviously as a quarterback, there's a lot of things going through our mind. So if I can limit, you know, myself and my energy and my heart rate, I feel like I can maybe think a little bit more. But who knows, maybe I need to think a little bit less and just play football. The Bills game, meanwhile, Thursday night, seeing some ticket prices dropping. WBEN's Tom Puckett is here with that. There are a couple of reasons why Bill's ticket prices for Thursday night's game are dropping, says Nick Jamuso of VIP Ticks. You look at uh, the, the Bill's performance on the field and a couple of tough, tough losses. Um, you were seeing prices decrease as uh, fans kind of become disinterested, which is uh, seems like it's a, it's a weird phenomenon compared to uh, the beginning of the year. Jamuso says with the game being on a Thursday night, some fans are just not interested in going. So when is your best chance to get the best deal? You can certainly wait till uh, Wednesday night, Thursday morning, and then Thursday, I feel like Thursday is going to start moving, and then we'll see prices gradually increase a little bit on 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 Thursday throughout the day. What other Bills home games are sparking interest? Find out from Jamuso online. Tom Puckett, WBEN.com News. All right, Tom, thank you for that. And by the way, I should mention right now that tomorrow morning we will be giving away a pair of 100-level Bills tickets for Thursday night's game. You'll win on the morning of the game by listening here at WBEN. But it's not going to be, you know, we'll take caller number three, not something like that. It's going to be a little more challenging but fun tomorrow morning. Are you up for this, Joe? Yeah, I love the idea of a contest. Like Me a too. real like a real good contest. Yeah. Who was the Bills quarterback against the Chiefs in twenty eleven? I'm so bad at this. There it is. Who threw a ninety nine yard <laughs> who threw an interception <laughs> in Buffalo against the Chiefs where it was returned for a night for ninety nine yards? I'm not giving the answer because that might be one of the questions. Those are good questions. I, I, I really See, this is this is me. Maybe this, this is, is where cruel. this is your one of your assets. Yeah, right? I think we should be asking drought questions from like the middle of the Bills drought because if you can answer that, you deserve to go to the game. That's a great way to look at it. Yes. All right. So tomorrow morning, be listening 
for your chance to win a pair of tickets, good tickets to 100 level tickets to tomorrow night's Bills game. WBEN News Time is 5.06. A billboard campaign and soon a radio and TV campaign says we'll be paying double for gas soon. Is that true? We sent WBEN's Max Ferry to find out. On your way to or from work on the I-190, 290, or Route 33, you may have seen billboards saying, keep gas taxes where they are, and asking, are Erie County gas taxes doubling? These billboards, paid for by Carl Hasselback, owner of multiple gas stations, including Jim's Truck Plaza, are shining a light on the fact that at the end of this year, the county gas tax put in place by the Erie County Legislature will expire, which could nearly double or more than double the amount of county sales tax you pay for for gas, contingent on the price for a gallon of gas at the end of this year. I think I get two things out of this. Number one, the fact that they did it voluntarily is an admission that this is a bad tax. Number two, when I try to call people and ask them about extending it, the answer I get is we don't want to give up the revenue. In other words, we want to make it past the election and then let the tax go back to, like I said, let's say it's 20 cents a day instead of 10. Maybe it'll be 30 because the price of gasoline will be up. I don't know the answer to that, but that's really the issue coming from my perspective. Well, legislator Chris Green confirms that it is accurate that you will be paying double the county sales tax on gas at the end of the year should gas rise to $4 a gallon. His Republican caucus is entertaining the idea to continue to extend the gas tax cap beyond the end of this year and find ways to not overburden the taxpayers. As in recent years, Erie County has collected a record surplus in funds from tax revenue. The county executive has stated that he can't even spend the money fast enough. So I think the only logical step would be to provide tax relief. We're going to do that this year. The actual tax levy in Erie County for 2024 will be less than 2023. And I think this is one more way to chip into that $100 million that we're overtaxing residents is to look at providing them relief at the pump. I would like to see us provide relief on clothing and other essential items that people have to buy. The county legislature meets for a budget meeting on November 14th here in Reed Moore at WBEN.com. Max Ferry, WBEN.com News. All right, Max, thank you. After chaotic meetings on Capitol Hill yesterday, Louisiana Congressman Mike Johnson emerged as the next GOP for Speaker, GOP nominee. The full House expected to vote on his nomination today. Jay O'Brien reports from Washington. It took Republicans 12 hours to finally coalesce around a Speaker nominee, Mike Johnson of Louisiana. Tom Emmer, the number three Republican in the House, dropping out because he couldn't get the votes that he would need to win on the House floor in a vote. The question now? Can he unify a fractured House Republican conference? He faces a full House vote coming up today. The Sabres got back on track last night, beating the Ottawa Senators 6-4. to four. A pair of two-goal performances from Tage Thompson and Jeff Skinner proved to be the difference in the victory as the Sabres' offense resembled what fans saw last season. Tuck carries Skinner, buries it, tipped in front by Gergensen, they score! It squeaks in as Jeff Skinner got to that puck and snuck it past Forsberg for his second of the game. Darlene with a one-timer scores! Alex Tuck may have got the deflection on that one, and the Sabres get their fourth of the game. The power play works quickly. This is power at the far side. His shot scores! Tage Thompson maybe with the deflection there in front of the net. Now a chance for Thompson. He lifts a high one into the air. This will dribble into the empty net. 
All right. How about that? A big night for Buffalo Sabres. Had a 5-1 lead in the third period, but had to stave off a late Ottawa rally in the game's final minutes. As you heard there, Tage Thompson got an empty netter to make it 6-4. to The Sabres are now 3-4. and They head to New Jersey to face the Devils on Friday. Your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast. A light shower or two around the area this morning. Otherwise, mostly cloudy, breezy, and mild today with temperatures again near 70 degrees. Tonight, mostly cloudy. A few showers coming in after midnight. Overnight lows near 60. On Thursday, fair amount of cloud cover. Still mild with highs near 70. Highs near 70 again on Friday. With your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, I'm Chief Meteorologist Aaron Minkowski. An update on the the Buffalo Diocese bankruptcy filing. Attorney Steve Boyd joining me this morning. He represents dozens of clergy abuse survivors. Uh, Steve, good morning. The Buffalo News yesterday reported that the diocese is offering up to $100 million to settle child sex abuse claims in its federal bankruptcy case. Help us understand this. How far along in the process are we? Well, we're, uh, we feel like we're still pretty close to the beginning because, the um, first of all, th- there has been uh, ongoing mediation for a few years, um, and every month there's been mediation meetings uh, in Buffalo this year. Um, but, you know, the release of those numbers in legal documents is nothing more than a PR stunt. I'm not allowed to discuss the numbers in the mediation there's a mediation privilege, and I'm shocked that they are putting those numbers out publicly in a PR stunt. But I can talk about Syracuse and Rochester, where with far less than half the cases, uh, Syracuse has uh, $100 million offered for far less than half. That averages out to about 260000 a case, uh, 250000 a case. In Rochester, there's a plan that has been introduced for $126 million for 475 cases. That's about 260 a case. And in Buffalo, uh, they're talking about $100 million uh, that they, the Buffalo News says they're going to offer uh, for 875 cases, more than twice as many cases. So they're out there with this PR effort uh, in these legal documents. We don't think it's appropriate to be negotiating in public. Yeah, the, that $100 million, that figure that's in the news, where would that money come from? Well, uh, no shocker here. The Catholic Church has a lot of money, so the, they would that cash from the uh, from the parishes, the uh, the diocese, the other Catholic entities. Okay, and this amount would not include insurance funds, right? Which could be significantly higher. Well, that's that's true. But Buffalo has far less insurance than Rochester. Buffalo has far less insurance than Syracuse. The Syracuse money includes the hundred million. There includes no insurance. The uh, Rochester leaves out CNA, which has over three hundred cases and, and potentially billions in insurance uh, exposure there. So the the Buffalo plan is far less is less than half of what those other dioceses are, are offering. If I remember right, uh, between Rochester and Syracuse, one filed for bankruptcy before Buffalo, and the other filed after. That's correct. Rochester filed almost immediately when the Child Victims Act opened, but Syracuse is a better model because they filed the same year as Buffalo. They filed uh, several months after Buffalo, and they settled several months before Buffalo. So this is something that can get done if the bishop decides he wants to get it done. And in Rochester, or rather in Syracuse, the bishop 
got it done and offered $100 million in cash from the diocesan entities to settle their end of the case and then let the case move on against the insurance companies. That hasn't happened in Buffalo. With these neighboring dioceses appearing to be close to settling their bankruptcies, does that put pressure on Buffalo to settle theirs? Well, bankruptcy is an expensive process, so they're paying lawyers uh, for all of this. They're paying lawyers from both sides. They're paying for experts on both sides. They're paying for all this process. In fact, they're going into a mediation without the survivors on Thursday with just the insurance companies. All those people have to fly in. So, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's a difficult process to be in bankruptcy. Um, but, you know, the only way out of bankruptcy is to pay the creditors, and they don't seem inclined to do that to the extent that other dioceses around the state and around the country have done. Steve, with I know you have, I th- believe, dozens of clergy sex abuse survivors that you're representing. H- how are they holding up in all of this? I talked to a number of them last night because uh, they saw the newspaper article, and I, and I think um, there's a lot of anger out there, a lot of fury, because we've been updating them on what's been happening around the state, and, and um, one... One of my clients last night said, hey, he mentioned his parish. He says, I want to go after them. Let's go after them. And that's what this legal legal uh, proceeding is. There is no bankruptcy for the parishes or the other Catholic entities. So it's time now to let the juries decide what the values of these cases are. The diocese wants to get all of those entities protections, and that's why they've made this uh, preliminary injunction motion. So they are... Um, going to ask the judge to keep all the cases stopped, or they use the word legal word stayed, um, and we're going to oppose that because it's time for the non-bankrupt entities to let their cases move forward. Will this get to a jury? We hope so. Um, We we think uh, what's happened in juries um, around western New York and around the state uh, since the Child Victims Act has passed has shown that the juries get it. They, they understand that uh, you can't have an organization that protects predators. You can't have an organization that, that shuffles the deck and just moves a predator from one place to another but keeps them uh, under their uh, supervision. So, yeah, we would love it if they, these cases would get to a jury. And, of course, the diocese would want the opposite, right? Well, you know, there, there's one way to make that happen, and that's to settle the case. And it's not to settle it in the newspaper. It's not to settle it in the court documents. It's to settle it in the mediation, where, where we think a lot of this information belongs. What should we expect next here in Buffalo? Uh, well, there will be a hearing in November, uh, late November, on this preliminary injunction, and the judge will decide at that point whether or not the cases against the non-bankrupt entities can move forward. Steve, thank you for updating this. We appreciate it this morning. Thank you. Attorney Steve Boyd represents dozens of clergy sex abuse survivors. That's the WBEN All Local. All new episodes are made available each weekday morning, produced by the award-winning WBEN Newsroom.